Guess what? What's up? It's time. Yay. Yay. <laughs> we both did the same voice. Kermit the Frog. Hello, everybody. Why do you talk about Mass <laughs> Welcome to Procedural Generations, where there's two uh, goofy people talking yeah, about games. A podcast about generations and video games. Yeah. That's a really bad tagline. We should use that We got to work on that one. Okay. It's yeah. season one, guys. It's Caleb and Nan. It is. Talking about games, because we love them, and... Something that really kind of ties us together. Yep. Together. It's the thing. It's the thing that. that... <laughs> start Are you that certain? It's over again. <laughs> it's the thing that brings us together today. Together. We wouldn't be a family if it wasn't for games. No, that's not true. Well, that's absolutely untrue. But <laughs> yeah. It's a. It's an endearing. No, thought. that's an. That's sweet, but not true. It's a sweet thought, but there's <laughs> other things that tie family together. Yeah. But like arguing, however, and drama. What and drama? Oh, Andromeda. Andromeda. Oh my god, <laughs> that was the best accidental transition I've ever done in my life. Andromeda. <laughs> oh my goodness. So we've already talked about that was such a good transition. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so oh, we've already. No. What have we already talked about in the past? We talked about. We introduced ourselves. We did, and we did Mass Effect one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. So we're and through the trilogy that ended in uproarious controversy. Controversy, but yes. And then there was the <laughs> no, anguish know. for how many years after the uh, Mass Effect three disaster so Mass ending. Effect 3 came out in twenty thirteen. Ooh, to the Google three machine. Years, I'm pretty three sure years. It was yeah, it was three years. Two years. It was supposed to be two years. It ended up being three years. And if you haven't, um, Wait, d- Mass Effect three is seven today. Seven years old. That's right. So but when did Andromeda come so it's out? 2012. Okay. And Andromeda came out in 2017. So All right. Five so years. Five year into, wait. Yeah. Oh, and it was agonizing. But if you haven't read about the controversy about the formation of Andromeda, you need to go hit the tubes, hit the YouTube's. Yeah, Reykjavik, and, yeah. Um, R-A-Y-C-E-V-I-K has yeah. a really great hour-long video about uh, coming back to Mass Effect a year later. Yeah. It's a 59 or 57 minute. It's an hour long video. Yeah, which we um, didn't watch all of, but uh He dives definitely... into like the turmoil. And I guess like to give people, a, I guess, a uh, a reader, mm-hmm. right, to get into this, uh, to kind of frame everything. Like five years is a long time to make a game. It would be nice if they'd spent five years making this game. In reality, they spent 18 months making this game. Right, and, out of five years. And three and a half years. And then kind of mashed it through. Yeah, and three yeah. and a half years like... Fumbling over yeah. all sorts of studio politics and yeah. conflict and directors leaving and directors coming and and yeah it studio was heads and turmoil writers and yeah. developers leaving the project because yeah. it was going nowhere and people coming in who weren't familiar and we could go on and on and on and on and on about well, the, and, yeah so just I could check go that on out and on. I could go on and on about the the trouble using the dice engine that they've been using they've been using. Um, Dice's Frostbite engine for games, like EA fell in love with it, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna use this for everything." Uh, and so since then, um, nothing has been easy. Yeah, uh, it's a, it was an engine made for a first-person shooter, and believe it or not, that doesn't work well for a third-person open-world game where you have magic. And it's space, also how many years magic. old? I mean, 
you know, technology has moved on. Well, well the Frostbite engine keeps getting updated, so that's yeah. not really, I think, a part of the argument. But okay, but there's the. I mean, yeah, it might be that. Yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. It, they, they used to say Frostbite 1, Frostbite 2, Frostbite 3, and now it just says Frostbite because I think it's a different version of Frostbite every time they use it. But regardless of those things, those things notwithstanding, like, yeah. Bioware's had trouble with it. And so you can only imagine what other studios have had trouble using that engine. And it hurt it hurt um, Andromeda badly, I think. And- the studio was committed to this doing a Mass Effect type game follow up. They decided not to do a prequel, to do a yeah sequel. But based on a tweet, which is so dumb. Yeah, yeah, you have to go go back to the tubes and watch it. But anyway, uh, they ha- they were committed to doing it because it's the most Mass Effect was arguably one of the most popular series that ever existed. It defined the 360. And in, in, yeah, in 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 uh, gaming. Good so generation. they. Owed the world, and the, and they and they they kind of muffed it. But we're here to talk about not what necessarily what they got wrong, but what we loved and what we weren't totally happy with. So what they got wrong, right? So in other words, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, I gotta admit, though, I've only played it through once. Um, before it came out, I felt uh, the need to go back and play Mass Effect One, Two, Three again, although. It's there. Those aren't really prequels, and this really isn't a sequel, other than the introduction of some of the races. You're pronouncing prequel and sequel, sequel. weird. Well, okay. Prequel and prequel sequel. and sequel. It's yes. because it's proper. But um, <laughs> I felt compelled to do that, and I did. I didn't get all the way through Mass Effect three before Andromeda came out, so I dropped it, and I jumped in. And um, but I want to say one thing, and I don't know if we talked about this before. The difference between the way I played my character. The first time or two through Mass mm-hmm. Effect and the way I did it the last time. Um, or, or the way I played through um, Andromeda. That's really where I kind of made the shift. I played my commander, Shepard, as if she were me. Uh, really pretty much all the way through. Did I guess we, I said the first... Did we talk about this last episode? I don't know, but it... I figured out why it was you don't like Red Dead. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know if it was on uh, on, on the recording air. or in our conversations, but I think it's important... This adds even more interest to that topic because you have played a game as somebody else and enjoyed it. Right. But you just couldn't do that for Red Dead. Go well, ahead. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to <laughs> we that. Will, we we'll will. get to that. But um, so even so much so that I even painted a portrait of myself in my character in uniform on the bridge of my um, ship. Yeah. So, but when I, so I felt like I maybe had missed an opportunity. And one of the the replays, I decided I was going to go ahead and allow myself to have a romance, whereas the first time through, I felt like, no, this is a serious office, a commander, you know, that's already, you know, fought in the colonial wars and so forth and so on. She's just battle-hardened. Um, mature woman that's who I played it as and then I went back the second time but I still messed all the cues <laughs> I still didn't have a romance so anyway comes Wait, Andromeda, in Andromeda you no no oh, every other it. time you played mm-hmm. it so that's um no I kind of missed all that so anyway when Andromeda came out I said no I'm gonna I'm gonna be a character I would like to be so when I started designing my character in the introduction I made her into a beautiful brown-skinned brown-eyed um, African-American type woman and um, I showed you a picture of her and mm-hmm. you almost burst into tears. Yeah, it was pretty great. <laughs> the, the amount that you were proud of it was was a thing and then the fact that you like jumped on 
social media and were like, this is me. This is the... For this game. This is who I've created. Yeah. This is... This is someone who I'd like Callie, to live through. This is Callie Ryder and like... Yeah. Yeah. She's beautiful and she's strong, and oh. I was like, look, look yeah. that's too much. That's too much." But I've um, never actually played a game as a male character if I had the option to play as a female. So you, I on the other hand, I, I, so for Mass Effect One, Two, Three, and Andromeda, I played as a guy. But that's mostly because I wanted to play me. Um, uh huh. See what I mean? See what I mean? But yep, yep, yep. but since then, and in games outside of Mass Effect, I always play as women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mostly because I want to see a, a woman kicking ass yeah. in a game. Strong female protagonist. Yeah, all the characters that I can make female, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, my All my Destiny characters are women. All of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they all are relatively closely, because Destiny doesn't let you actually model the face, but they're all closely, as closely as you can get to modeling them after my wife. Because um, she's the strongest woman I know. Mm-hmm. Um well, but isn't that you, interesting, though, that you said... <laughs> that, that's not to denote any favoritism. No, no, of course not. All the women in my life are strong. Um, it was interesting that you said, though, that because you wanted to play as you. And so there's... So well, that's, that's, why a, you, that's why you play as a female character, because you're playing as you. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of the awesome thing about RPGs. games now yeah. and RPGs overall, is that like, they allowed that inclusivity. They said, hey, you be you. Yeah. Create yourself and be right. yourself in this world, rather than like... Here's a story that's tailored and yeah, full of tropes and stupid. Yeah, and, and we may have discussed this too. How how I had such a hard time in the beginning because I would make these disastrous decisions, and and Ben would say, "Mom, why did you do that?" And well, I thought that's what the game wanted me to do. No, 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 no. Oh, we didn't do... talk about this in Mass Effect One, but you can kill Rex on Vermeer too. Mm-hmm. Where Caden and Ashley die, you can like get in a fight with Rex and kill him, and Rex is just never in the rest of the game. And I can't imagine... I can't imagine playing that game without Rex. Yeah, that sounds dumb. That sounds dumb. So anyway, so here comes Andromeda. We slept for hundreds of years. Dreaming of a new home. But when we finally awoke... Our dreams of peace... were shattered. So you spend a bunch of time designing your character and you play a big introduction. Um, (laughs) Wow, I'll let you talk about that briefly. A stumbling, fumbling introduction, but it's big nonetheless. Yeah, so the general premise is that the Andromeda Initiative was created to send people into the Helios Cluster of the Andromeda Galaxy to be a contingency, essentially, for... Sentient life being wiped out of the Milky Way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you jump in these giant ships, go into hyperspeed. You and a number of other colonial ships, right? Uh, there's four arcs. Yeah. Right? There's the human, the Turian, the Solarian. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. There human, was only one human. human 20,000 souls. Turian, Solarian, Krogan, and then the the the, the one that ta- what's Tali? Quarian. The Quarian mm-hmm. one never showed up, and they hinted at it at the end of the game, and then no DLC came out. So, Yeah. Um, <laughs> The end of that, but but, but so, yeah. So they send these big ships uh, through hyperspace for six hundred years. Yeah, um, in in cryo sleep. Isn't it interesting that we all assume now that we've been into sci-fi for so many years now that we all this shared technology? It's just an assumption. So the way you get from here to there is you put people in cryo sleep, and yeah, you, you no one ever pa- questions it. You hit the pause button. On yeah. it. it makes sense. <laughs> we all just some don't kind know. of well, stasis yeah. chamber that makes them <laughs> inert. <laughs> So they arrive at their destination, yes. and uh, they haven't heard from the other ships, so yes. they decide they're going to 
They're going to land on the homeworld. No, they're, they're going to dock with the... Mm-mm. Aren't they going to dock with the big ship first? No. They're going to land on the home homeworld. Yeah, they go... They're with the big ship. They mm-hmm. are the big ship. You have to go find the Nexus eventually, but like you're... Yeah, the Nexus. Hyperion is the big ship. Well, the big, the first the big thing human do, ship. The first thing you do is you go to Habitat 7, right. which was the golden world allotted for humans. One of the golden worlds allotted for humans. And then you get there... Uh, it's it's a mess. Yeah, it's, it's bad. It's a mess. So basically, it's a okay. And here's another here's another bit of technology that's shared amongst all games. There is a race of superior technological beings that are terraforming planets for life. That doesn't happen in the first three games. Yes, but it happens in Destiny. It's happening in Warframe. I mean, it's it's well, just... You said all three games. like it was... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was confused. No, did I say that? Didn't mean that. You I meant... said something that ties all previous games. So yes, it's, share, it's shared in many other... It's a very sci-fi thing. Yes. It's not happening in Destiny, though. There's no AI terraforming. What are the Vex? They're destroying. No, but they're but they but they previously terraformed those. How uh, the 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 traveler? How what makes those planets have gravity? What makes them have? Well, that's the traveler. Yeah. Okay. Well, take it all, back. hold on. All, all right. planets have gravity, homie. Well, no, that <laughs> all planets have gravity that we can walk around in equal to the, our mass. So yes, those I are. I argue to, the traveler didn't do that. Well, neither here nor there. Something has done it so that you can walk around on Mars, Venus. Um, Saturn and all these places, and uh, and this argument is either here nor there. But go ahead, keep going, keep going. <laughs> I just think it's interesting that we have no, yeah. this sort of a um, universal lore, hmm. you know, um, universal codex, universal lore. How we borrow from, you know, the it's tropes. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. I mean, the the founding race, right. the Protheans, and then the oh, Destiny's lore is such a freaking mess, but. Mm-hmm. Um, the Traveler is not a good guy. I'm going to say that right now. It's the enemy, but that's fine. Oh, um, don't say that. Okay, I, we're going to digress for a second. We're going to go to Destiny second. now? For a second, for a second. I have a story to tell. <laughs> okay, if you don't want to hear this, push pause. <laughs> no, because then when they push digress. play, it's still going to be there. Just plug your ears for the, and sing <laughs> Ring Around la, the Rosie, and by the time you're done, I'll be done. <laughs> there was a Grimoire card in Destiny 1 during the DLC that came with Sleeper Stimulant, and I can't remember which one that was. I think it was Rise of Iron. Uh, no, it was the one after that with the where you fight the weird. That's Rise of Iron. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the one of the Grimoire cards was Sleeper Stimulant was a transmission co- uh, decoded that was sent by Rasputin, right? Mm-hmm. And you're reading through this, and Rasputin's talking about like the the forces coming or coming after us are too great for the humans to survive, and the humans are necessary for me to follow through on plan. I can't remember what he calls it. Not important. But he says, for me to be able to do this, the humans are essential. So I'm going to mortally wound the Traveler so that it produces a pseudo-altruistic and it induce its pseudo-altruistic response. Okay. And that's what saved humanity. And like the humans think the Traveler did that, but Rasputin killed Rasputin it. Rasputin did it. Rasputin killed it so that it would stay there. And because of what he did to it, yeah. it saved us. So I don't think the Traveler's good. Wow. I think he was bringing all that shit with it. That's why they home into it. (sighs) And Rasputin's the only good guy. And if you played, and maybe you're saying another verse of Ring Around the Rosie for this next part. Um, If you played the Osiris DLC, Mm -hmm. no. Warmind. The Warmind DLC. Mm -hmm. Because I'm playing that right now with my sister. At the very end of that. Casey, Coscomo, badass. Coscomo? That's her 
gamer tag. That's awesome. Yeah. So when you when you get to the end of that, and you talk to Rasputin, Rasputin says, "For hundreds of years, humans have thought of me only as a weapon mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they're the vanguard have thought of me as a weapon because they're bully bully headed right. and nearsighted, and I will listen to them no longer." Now the universe's protection is up to me, and he sends things out into the universe to watch for us. I think Rasputin's the good guy. He's just so powerful Sighting. that we don't we're, we're don't afraid of him. him. We're afraid of him. Well, yeah. And then what's her name on uh, Mars is uh, from the uh, Debray Institute. Clovis. Or yeah, Clovis. Clovis Bray. Yeah, Clovis Bray. She's the only one that can communicate with him at that point. Anna Bray. Uh, yeah, Anna, Bray. Anna Bray. He's the only one he'll talk. She'll talk. Yeah. He, she's the only one he will, he will talk, talk to, to because her family made. But you, speaking things. of other tropes, okay, we're gonna we're just we're gonna we're gonna flash sideways, not flash forward. Is um um <laughs> fighting with lasers and and laser swords and laser guns and lasers shooting out of your wand and your you know we were watching that a <laughs> wand. Well, yeah. Are you playing with a wand? Well, Harry Potter, you know. There's not a Harry Potter game. No, well, but there, there but is, I'm not talking about games. I'm just talking about you know culture. And we were watching that Avenger. Uh, we were kind of flash forwarding through the um, the Guardians. Uh, Infinity War. Infinity yeah, War. and uh, that big long scene where they're you know the, the lasers going between them and it's dividing and it's coming together. And I'm thinking Harry Potter and I'm thinking you know well, sabers, lightsabers. Yeah. yeah, I'm just thinking we all just assume this is if it's not happening now that it will happen in the future and this is the way it's going to take there is a game and I can't remember which one it was it's Halo where the, the aliens actually comment on the the humor that humans are still using like projectile based weapons <laughs> they I pick don't up, they that. pick up a, and maybe it's in one of the books because yes. I'm a huge nerd but uh, one of the one of the elites like picks up a human gun and realizes it fires bullets and he laughs and he's like <laughs> <laughs> projectiles pitiful little yeah, because the assumption is that we'll move on to energy-based weapons, mm-hmm. and that's just like yeah, sci-fi universality right there. Yeah, everybody thinks absolutely. that's where we're headed. Okay, so, so we got off track. So we did. Um, so my well, we were talking about yes. the um, uh, AI terraforming stuff. Okay. Oh yeah, I didn't. But it, but yeah. the the home world isn't habitable because of radiation. So you go down. Yeah, there's is it called the scourge. Well, that's the thing you fly through that it and disables that's what causes your... the radiation. Yeah, because when you touch it, it hurts. Right, so you, it disables your um, arc, and you have to descend through it to get to your home world. And and it has disabled the home world for lack yeah. of a better term. And there is a there are some colonists there, and they have a little dome of protection that you have to venture out of in in order to reach these um, monolithic um, structures left by the terraforming. AIs or whatever they are. The Jardin. And so that you being the Pathfinder, which dot, 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 that means you have the ability to talk to these, um, this ancient species of terraforming well, AI. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't. No. Actually. Oh, because I'm the, so sorry. No, I confused you back fine. The Pathfinders are the designated Pathfinders Leaders. for Leaders their the, arc. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's a human pathfinder, a Solarian pathfinder, right. a Krogan pathfinder, and what they do this... is it's their job to find the habitable world. Right. You can only interact with the forerunner relics to use Halo uh, to use the remnant relics mm-hmm. um, because of Sam, your AI your that's AI. in your head, and the AI's in your dad's head first. Oh, that's he right. uses it to that. turn on the yeah. terraforming on the planet, which stops the radiation, kind of. Yep. But the planet partially, and it's impartially. Uh, when um, I left the planet, I didn't stay and make it hundred percent. I moved on. No, to you other can't. Worlds. You don't ever. No, you, you well. So, huh. 
we're gonna jump the shark big well, time. Well, I but jumped through you the, can't, that universe. You cannot go back to Habitat Seven at all. It's ruined. The only way you come back to Habitat, it gets named Ryder for your dad. I think at the end. Oh, it's my name too. Um, well, he died there. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh-oh. Um, it gets named after him, but the only way you can maybe go back is when you turn on the thing at the end of the game that terraforms the whole universe, mm-hmm. the whole galaxy. Um, the whole star cluster so that you can go there and you never go back to Habitat 7 it's not a that you can't it's ruined it's bad so did bad, you bad, 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 bad. so did you um, okay so the, you, you have missions you have side missions you have loyalty missions as you did in the other games the one thing I didn't en- enjoy as much was the um, and, and, and that video that we watched previously is talking about the conversation um, choices your conversation wheels you don't really feel like what you're what you're doing and saying has tremendous amount of consequences. You make choices Ooh, of did, conversation. Yeah. I just didn't really feel like I was as as integral to the story as I had been. Yeah, I, I didn't feel that ownership. That, I think that's something that Mass Effect's kind of lost since two is mm-hmm. like saying things in a conversation that might ruin the relationship you have with the person. Yeah, um, they or, did, or the they outcome. Did away, they did away with the morality. Um, Based. Yeah, they did away with the Paragon and Renegade, and they added um, logical, emotional. Um, well, what else was there? Logic, emotion. logical, emotional, and then the other two are uh, reactive or something like that. Yeah, it's like reactive and fuck. Aggressive, passive. I forgot. Now, yeah, but, it's like that. Yeah. It's logical, emotional, and then there's a gear, and then a squirrely line. It's just... Anyway, so it's for personality traits rather than good and bad. I liked that system because I felt like when they said like, yeah, but if you have one that's logical and emotional, how does that pertain to being flirty or professional? That was Mm -hmm. the other Mm -hmm. other two, flirty or professional. And like, you could be a flirty, logical person or a flirty, (laughs) emotional person. That worked. You could be a professional, logical person or a professional emotional person but like yeah i thought it was fine uh people had problems with that i enjoyed it because it took the morality out of it and let you be a character more. Mm-hmm. um i didn't feel like that necessarily i mean it felt like the first two games you had to build one um morality tree or the other and that the game really was detrimental to you if you yeah didn't. it runs the like it yeah. runs along that trope of yeah. like there's a morality bar and yeah. you start in the middle right. and you go positive or negative yeah and then and i didn't like that not, so much this is not that i like the freedom but i just didn't i really did enjoy playing my character although i never really felt like i was her i was more of an observational type uh um uh, role i didn't mm. really feel like i was callie writer and i really wanted to and you i tried that you, you said really, that you tried to play her character right but so i ne- wouldn't be but her I, but i really couldn't relate to her i really i mean i wanted but i guess i wanted both <laughs> yeah you can't yeah. have your cake and eat it too i wanted to wanted to be her this i didn't want her to be me this is absolutely why you don't like red dead right i i wanted to be her and i didn't want her to be me how's I think that you need to, i think you need to learn to dissociate no uh, and play a role like you watch a movie right Oh, that's sometimes exactly you, what I felt like. Sometimes I was, when you yeah. play a character, you don't really have much control. And I'm not saying that was the right move for Mass Effect, because it's mm-hmm. absolutely not the um, the tone of Mass Effect. But the fact that, that you have a hard time yeah. uh, not being you well, is, be- is interesting. Because, I mean, I think that's something that's that like cut Mass my Effect, teeth on Mass Effect. Yeah, that's what Mass Effect instilled in you. Yeah. And then you try, I think, I don't know if it's on Mass Effect's 
I don't know if you can blame Mass Effect for Andromeda's not connecting with you or you trying to play a different character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I really wanted to be her, but she was too young. She was too... And you really wanted to be her, but you didn't. I guess I didn't. Yeah. I wanted her to... to um, well, and also was a little disingenuous. I really don't feel like she... The way the game portrayed her, it was really capable of making the decisions. She was so young. She was like a 25-year-old kid that her father chose to be his successor and I just felt like she was sort of sweet and naive. And I mean, I love that about her, but no way, shape, or form was she an adequate Pathfinder. I think that's based on the, on the decision you make in conversation. Because mm-hmm. my Pathfinder was, yes, Powerful. young, but every time someone questioned him, he shot it right down. Yeah. He was like, yo, you don't have okay. an option. You don't have an option. Last Pathfinder, Pathfinder picked me. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. That's, how, that's the character I played because that was. So. Do you suppose that the game gave you different. Types of options because she was female. No, I don't know. I felt like I felt like Shepard had Femshep had a lot more badass you know, we're, potential. We're now commenting on the writing, the yeah. poor writing of this game. Yeah, and it's it's not written differently for different characters. Mm-hmm. It's written the same. It, the character just changes the way you look. Okay. Um, hmm. Trust me, there would be way more outrage about this game if when you chose female, mm-hmm. you got she was a less options. Wussy although, female. Although, although <laughs> it would be kind of maybe good social commentary if they were trying to do that. If they were like, yeah, you can pick a female character, but you won't but, get as much. Yeah. she. Ooh. You'll get 72 cents per every dollar you earn. <laughs> yeah, right. Also, um, you'll be surrounded by guys who don't know how to keep their shit to themselves. Hey everybody, it's Caleb, one of your hosts, and I wanted to take a quick moment to step outside of the episode so that we could talk about our sponsor. This season of Procedural Generations is sponsored by Illustrious Vision. Are you in the need of a professional graphic designer but don't want to go to an expensive agency and you don't trust your friend to execute your vision? Then hire Illustrious to create and execute your design. With over 10 years of experience, Illustrious has designed everything from flyers, logos, restaurant branding, consumer products, billboards, vehicle wraps, and more. Not only do they have a professional touch, but a creative and fun approach to their graphics. If this sounds like something you would be interested in, call 314-517-1005 to get a free quote or visit www.illustriousvisions.com today. One more time, that's 314-517-1005 to get a free quote or visit www.illustriousvisions.com today. And that's all the time I'm going to take up. Enjoy the rest of the episode, and thanks so much for listening. No, um, so let's talk about how this game emotionally impacted us. Okay. If it did or didn't. Because I played this game with a two-week-old sitting next to me um, the whole time. Yeah. And the I think it's one of those things where it's hard to be unbiased or objective because of where it hit me in stride, right? Like, the how I brought up Halo and being, you know, a kid who was an only child for a long time and being on my own and then, like, being surrounded by brothers that I didn't grow up with. Mm-hmm. Feeling like John, Master Chief, being a kid and then thrust into a world full of kids that he didn't know and having to like grow up really fast. All that stuff. That mm-hmm. stuff that tied mm-hmm. me to Chief that we'll come back to when we talk about Halo. Um, this game's about 
leaving behind humanity's home, starting a new life, building homes for new people and new generations of people, and doing all of that at whatever, no matter the cost, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, the first time I saw the scene of the, the colony ships landing on Eos... After you turn on the world engine and it like removes all the radiation out and opens up the big planes and Podromos comes down, mm-hmm. I like teared up because I felt like I was building a home for future people and I was sitting next to a future person, Aww. right? And like I bonded with that game because that whole game I was being Charlotte's dad. You were being a progenitor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was being Charlotte's dad. Yeah. I was going and making the world safe for her, for her so that I could let her out into it. Oh, I wish I had had that kind of... Oh, yeah. And that absolutely is completely unique to me. But that's why that game, why I loved Ma- I loved Andromeda as much as the others. Because... As much as? Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. You yeah, said. because it did... It did it did the emotional thing, but it wasn't the actual game that did it. It yeah. was the situation in which it landed, right? Isn't because that beautiful? because all of the emotion that was tied to Mass Effect one and two and three and like the depression I was in during two and three and trying to like save the world and that by proxy saving me and right. like all of that that was also based on what was mm-hmm. happening at the time. And I think that like just that this could event be a whole was, episode right there. Yeah, just because this yes. event was so emotional as well, uh, I think that like that it it framed the game completely differently for me because it wasn't about being like the other Mass Effects. It was yeah. something new. It was yeah. a new start, oh, and I was looking at it the whole time I was doing beautiful. it. Beautiful. I didn't. I wish I did. I wanted to. And I tried really hard to like it that way. I enjoyed it. Let's just put it that way. I enjoyed the game. I didn't have a deep emotional yeah. commitment to it. Number one, I didn't get to uh, res my brother and really have an interaction with him. Woof. Totally disappointing. What a waste You're a of space. Of, a pair of siblings that get separated at the beginning of the game. The whichever sibling, sibling in... you choose, the male or female, the other one gets uh, uh, sent to cryosleep because of severe... Medically um, induced coma. Yeah, coma. Because yeah. of severe damage. And at the end of the game is, is resurrected. But you don't have... I was waiting for that. So here's the thing. My dad is gone. I have no close companions. I'm looking forward to the moment in the game where my brother gets revived and I get to have and an you have something yeah. yeah and so at E3 when they announced this game they talked about your sibling being a fully active yeah and, and, something and, happened uh, not fully active what am I trying to say yeah no an, a, an active yeah. person in the universe yeah. without you yeah and I think that got that was something that got fumbled up and cut yep. in yep. the yep. development process because I really so kind of thought with... we were going to be co-authoring this new future yeah it'd be so so the way they could I thought like yo I have to go through six planets and, and terraform mm-hmm. them and make them bring them back to 100% viability. What if you pick, they give you two planets and you pick one and the other rider goes to the other one? Yeah. And you still get the important core missions, but you miss the small stuff you over there. You choose. Yeah, that way. You can always go back and replay and them. Or you can play it another yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so oh, I also thought. Ball, just ball dropped right there. Yes. I also kind of thought maybe there would, would have been a potential that we could change uh, back and forth between characters. I thought that was. It would have been really. Interesting to do that, yeah. Because Mass Effect's never done that. Halo's done it. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. Well, Halo's had different characters a lot. No, but I mean, within the same game, you could, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was thinking that might have been. Has Mass Effect ever done that? No, I don't think so. No. Um. No. So anyway, I. But I mean, be, that's neither here nor yeah. there. I mean, that didn't didn't impact me one way, but I, in anticipation, I kind of thought that might be the way, and that maybe anticipatory, anticipatory. So maybe that's why one of the reasons why I didn't. There just wasn't a situational um, 
Did you? Did you? Oh, go ahead. Hook for me at that time. I played yeah. it. I played it with interest. I loved the last act. I thought it was terrific. It's really sad that yeah. you couldn't go back and revisit the the world um, after the conclusion. I was thinking well, I could can... get off the ship and go back and oh because yeah. when you did that race oh, through that, that, that last when you're di- when you're like doing the downhill basically mm-hmm. and like ships are flying in yeah, and like you're... everyone's coming to help as yep. you get to the the yep. meridian the, yep. the key and meridian yeah and to not be able to go back and revisit that world was just a huge disappointment so when the game was over that was it I didn't go back I you know as I did <laughs> Mass Effect. Two, while I was waiting for three to come out, being walked in the room one time, he goes, Mom, what are you doing? I said, I'm just mining. He goes, why? Seriously? Seriously, Commander? Yeah, really, Commander. Probing Uranus. Probing Uranus. But because he said, Mom, (laughs) none of that's going to be used in the next game, I went, oh, okay. (laughs) Probe away. (laughs) But I didn't do any of that with Andromeda. I didn't go back and replay any scenes. I didn't go back and add to any of the... The yeah. colonies, I didn't do any of that because I was just like, done. If I can't go back to Meridian and play around <laughs> that world and that beautiful, you know, anyway. Yeah, Meridian looked great. Yeah. So, anyway, what do you think is going to happen with this franchise? Oh, so there's been rumors dancing around. Um, Casey Hudson, who left Bioware in 2014, came back to Bioware in 2017, 2018, one of those two years, mm-hmm. uh, but came back as the CEO. Is that right? I believe so. Mm-hmm. I'm going to check that because okay. I know people will listen to this. And, and they're they're going to go, bang. Casey Hudson. There was never, a, if for any of you that um, are not aware of the Andromeda um, lack of franchise, there never was a, a, D, a single DLC. He's the general manager, by the way. Okay. All right. So there never was a single DLC. There was never anything else to play when you finished the game. Nope. Bam. You were done. And that's not because they didn't want to. That's yeah. because people hated it. Yeah. And mm. I hate that. Well, okay, so tell me what do you think the future is? Because I want to know. I think I... if they, when they go back to to Mass Effect, because they will. Mm-hmm. Not, it's not an if. They will eventually. If they're going to do it right, they're going to take over 30 years later. Okay. And you're going to play as the son or daughter of this writer. Okay. You're a writer from the last game. Okay, okay. Uh, and you'll have to deal with a more entrenched and established um, sentient population. Um, and we'll have to see how the conflict with the Ket transpires. Because we know at the end of, the, of Andromeda that... So you fight the Archon, who has the worst character design of a villain I've seen in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and once, you've, once you defeat the Archon, um, there's, a, there's a thing you can catch earlier in the game where a person called the Primus is like laying into the Archon for failing. That's the typical bad guy trope of the Master being like, if you mess up again, I'm going to come and do it myself. Uh, well, you killed Archon. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the game, you see the Primus looking into the hole in the shield world that is Meridian. And then, like, walking towards the camera. And might I mention, her character design, far better. But, uh, so they're, they're still around. Yeah. And what you were fighting was just a, just a contingency. I keep mm. saying the word contingent. Um, it's just a, de- a, de- Faction. a, a department. Ooh, sorry. A, de- a department. I, voice modulation disorder. <laughs> um, it's just a, um. A faction. It's just a contingent. Yeah. Okay, I know what that means. Yeah, it's just a contingent of their military. It's like yeah. a it's like a scouting group that you mm-hmm. fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that. <sighs> and they're doing a really naughty thing. 
which is something that they do in um, in uh, Warframe. They take one being and subsume it and turn it into another being. They take the yeah. DNA of the Angara, Angara, and humans too. Oh. Oh. Didn't they no, take Angara? Okay. The Angara, the cat military, is and they made, have them made, ascend. Yeah, is made from transmuted Angara. Yeah. Okay, so they trans. They call it transcendency, right? One of your characters, yeah. Yeah, so they become a superior. The the Angara kind of get dragged like the whole game because Mm -hmm. they find out that the Jardan created them. Mm -hmm. They don't have like some origin story that it built up over hundreds of thousands of years. They were made in the lab. Yeah, and before that, you find out. Before that, you find out that the who did you love? The cat are Korra. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's an emotional part of that too. Yeah. Um, so Cora, the a lot of people thought she was really like bland and stupid, and I really liked her character. Took me Korra, a while to like her. Cora is she's got biotics, but she was never good enough to be an adept. And she was a soldier, but she was never good enough to be like N seven quality or something like that. So she's stuck in between like these two worlds, and she kind of has to deal with not ever feeling at home. Mm-hmm. And I connected with that because I <laughs> have never been black enough to be considered black by people, <laughs> and never white enough to be considered white by people. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I've just kind of been—I f- feel like, um, well, fuck that—I've been forced because what I feel is how my life goes. I, I have been forced to kind of live in this liminal space where I don't really belong to either group. Um, I frequently get. I recently, on Facebook, uh, got called white, and then uh, when I said I wasn't white, they were like, well, you clearly want to be white, because your profile pictures Uh, are with white people. Oh, yeah, it was really shitty. Um, Oh, my gosh, that's horrible. um, And then I Who are they? Tell me. I'll I'll take care of them. Nope, nope, I'm not going to do that. I'm Mm. not going to do that. I'm going to take them. Don't want anybody to get murdered, because my grandma would do that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Just point them to me. Yeah. Point them out. Point me to them point me to them yeah, yeah. point them out to point, me. just point them to me <laughs> here this this is my grandma no um you're gonna be sorry <laughs> it's fine you'll be okay <laughs> um yeah so yeah i've had that happen recently yeah. and that's fun and then i've had people say my kid doesn't look like she's mine because she's got red hair and blue eyes i wondered if you got some a... funny looks sometimes oh, going yeah. places with that little and if Fair she, if I'm, if I'm, on your hip. If I'm carrying her anywhere and she's crying, people get almost defensive because they think I'm like taking a kid. Oh, um, Caleb. And I've had white people call me awful things. So <laughs> to bring it back to Mass Effect and fun video games, Aww. I related with Korra because yeah. she was in between two worlds. And it wasn't a racial thing, obviously, yeah. but she was someone who felt like she didn't belong. And I got that. It made yeah. sense. I was like, oh, yeah, like, you, you can belong to me. Aww. Yeah, whatever. So what brought you out to Andromeda? Biotics like this. Thinking like an Asari huntress. I never had a place. Best I could be was a useful freak. The initiative was meant to be different. Will be different if this mission succeeds. So I'm seeing it through. What about BD? It's corny as hell. I liked PB. 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 Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I liked PB, PB a lot. PB, PB. Um, and if Cora hadn't been so resonant with me, I probably would have romanced PB because she was yeah. really cool. Uh, she's just she's like the she's the aloofness that I, I strive to be. Yeah. Where she's like, I don't know, man. Like, adventures. They're fun. And whatever. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, she's like the outgoing. She's kind of a little spirit. Yeah, free, <laughs> free-loving kind yeah. of character. And I like that a lot. Um. What other characters were there? Well, we had the we had our pilot, 
that I should point out to anybody listening to this, we're all we're both very cisgendered straight people. Mm-hmm. So I've never played uh, a gay romance, though I probably should, just to like, not to. Uh, what am I trying to say? I don't know. Like, to it's, comment on it. <laughs> yeah, not to not even to comment on it, but just to like, you know, be inclusive, you know, and not just make characters that are a, a recreation of me, but to like live another character. I want to mm-hmm. do that eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we've I've always romanced. Well, if I characters. ever was going to, it'd be one of those Asaris. <laughs> There are some really yeah, yeah. beautiful figures that you they absolutely, drew. You absolutely yes. should have romanced Liara in yeah. the first trilogy and you so missed out because her, the romance If I had a leaning, so then good. it would be towards an Asari because they're just like, damn, sexy women. <laughs> <laughs> and they're really beautiful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, there was Liam Costa. There is uh, Cora. There's PB. There's Jaw. Who's uh who's the okay so who's who's our Drax pilot? Drax is the Krogan battle yeah Drax master. Drax okay so yes yeah, so, okay all right I think I, the only I think the only romance options I had were Cora and PB mm-hmm. I guess it was me and Liam as if I think back because I am um but we agreed to put everything on hold that you we were going to come you back together. No, um, Liam. Oh, you and Liam. Yeah, yeah, yeah we were yeah. going to come back. We we're going to put everything on hold, and that I really didn't have a lot of of say so in that. It was just that's the way the story went. It's like definitely we are going to we are going to um, we're going to have babies. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make life. <laughs> oh and, yeah, yeah. You have that conversation about like we could start here. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, with Cora, you help her plant flowers. And Andromeda, or and, uh, I, on Eos. I think I did that too. Yeah, but if you're her romance, it's yeah. a very different. Aww. Like, yeah. we could like start a family here conversation. That's yeah. really, really good. Um, so yeah, you have um, the writers, Cora, um, Liam, PB, whose name is Pelisaria Basale, PB, um, Nakamore Drac, who's the Krogan. Uh, Vetra Nix is the female Turian mercenary you've got with you. Yes. She's super cool. She's very cool. First female Turian we've seen in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaw, and that's it. And she and Jaw seem like they're going to have a romance. P- who does? Um, um, what's her name? Vetra? The Turian, the yeah, Vetra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I mean, they, yeah, they it's are, the same they're way, flirting all the time. It's the same way it was with me in Mass mm-hmm. Effect, the core Mass Effect trilogy, where I set up Tali and mm-hmm. Garrus. Mm-hmm. It's like you're both engineers. Like it's you just you're if bound was, to make architect children. Like if I was gonna if I was gonna have a romance, the first time I played through it, it, um, Garrus's character intrigued me the most, but I couldn't go there because he was just so plate <laughs> faced, scary, <laughs> yeah. reptilian creature. Yeah. I didn't know where the game would have gone with that, so I just kind of <laughs> went no. Um, I'm too old fashioned. Ancillary characters. I don't know if there was a romance plot with these, but there was uh, Kalo, who was the pilot of mm-hmm. the Tempest, Suvi, who was the science officer, Gil, who was the mechanic, and I think Gil and Kalo had problems with each other because mm-hmm. Gil was like making upgrades to the Tempest that yes. were like not on the books, and yeah. Kalo was like, "Don't do that. We're gonna blow up." Um, <laughs> I'm glad you remembered that. That was fun. Uh, Lexi Tapero was your doctor. Replacing Chakas from the last game, mm-hmm. so I loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Sam was the AI. So yeah, that's it. So There's you have another... to go. You have to. You're you also could... looking for your dad's memories to complete your understanding oh, of 
what happened? Yeah, what happened to the universe? He knew so much more. Not oh, the universe, but man. the solar system. He knew so much more, and uh, his memories are stored in these locations on these different planets, and you have to take them back to the lab so Sam can interpret them for you. Is well, that you're, what we well, did? You're, you're, you're we picking did up fragments so that you can put together a full recording of a memory. Yeah. That's like how you got here. Yeah. Because you don't, I don't think, you rather don't know. Essentially, it's that... Pathfinder knows that, that... It's that, that Alec and his wife were doing research on AI that they shouldn't have been doing. Uh-huh. Because if you remember in the original trilogy, AI was frowned upon because of the Geth. Yeah. Uh, becoming bad. Right. And so, so they're his, funding, they're funding, they got defunded. His and implant. then they got picked up by yeah. the Andromeda Initiative, and someone gave them money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your mom dies of a disease, and then spoiler alert: she doesn't actually die; like she gets put in stasis. And you see her at the end of the game. Her stasis box is on the ship. Her stasis box, her cryo tube, her cryopod, stasis pod. That's what I meant. Yes, yes. Stasis box from now on. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, there was a lot of stuff in this game that was intriguing that got left. Out. Like I want to know what happened because, like. Right. Right. There's that whole investigation of a murder on the Nexus, and it's all like yes. tied to the people that funded the Andromeda Initiative, mm-hmm. and you don't know who it was. Right, and you get to th- thinking they were extremely profit-based and not altruistic, and you, this... Oh, you the find, Nexus so you is find this, Cerberus agents yeah. at one point? Yeah, you're getting to think that this is just a big cruise ship, and they didn't really give a damn about... You know, carrying our brace forward, they were just about making money. Um, when everybody got to the Nexus and you know had this little vacation spot to, it's weird. Yeah, it was weird, and there's always a question there when you you know yeah. of, of what that, their that, motives I, were. I think if I'm remembering correctly, that kind of wraps up the story with Alec too. Is like you, so you follow your dad back through all this stuff, but eventually, like you get to a point where you're like, what? Yeah, or you working for me? What happened? How yeah. did we get here? Yeah, um, yeah. I hope they continue that. Yeah, I hope that goes on. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of really fun political stuff in this game of like trying to get the the whole outlaw outpost and trying to get them to cooperate. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and the Krogans being like, well, "We I... don't need you. We've had the Krogans yeah. had like a city." Yeah, right. And they were like, yeah, we showed up first and we've been fighting right. the cat and kicking their ass and yep. we don't need And why you. are you here? So you go and take care of the outlaws and... Yeah, they're like, you mm-hmm. could stay, you could go. Right. We prefer you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then... So I, I tended to kind of feel uh, some sympathy for the outlaws. Yeah, well the outlaws were from the next... Everyone was from the... the, the First... The, the, the ships, right? Yeah. The arcs. But mm-hmm. the, the outlaws was like the head of security for mm-hmm. the... Yes. The human uh, for, for the for the Nexus, yeah. and there was a falling out between the head of security and yeah. and the new leadership that like died on the when they re-entered the yeah. when they entered the galaxy, and so that whole political thing happens too, where you have to like choose who gets to lead mm-hmm. in the Nexus and who's on the council, and like do you keep? So I mean, what we're doing so is many different. We're you're, you're dredging up. We're dredging up some really interesting writing. Yeah, like, we're saying you know so much of it was so bad, but so much of it was. That's my point. It was so... It wasn't that bad. Yeah. So much intrigue there that I really... Yeah. Unlike you, I I want more answers. I think beyond... uh, Instead of bad, just a lot of it might have been... It was just mediocre. Yeah. And mediocre is not bad. Yeah. And the problem is, I think so many people, like, if it's not great, it's bad. Instantly. If it's mediocre, it's like, no, that was bad. Yeah. Instantly. Instant judgment. Yeah. Mediocre has a place. Yeah. And I'm, I'm totally fine with the place of mediocrity so far in this galaxy because... Right. I want to see, and that's why I say when you ask future, like where does it go? I want to see what it looks like in twenty years, yeah, 
um, after, you know, what's her name? The Primus comes back with a bigger cat fleet. After the cities are more established that you've helped fix. After the politics that you helped put into place have how had many, time how to How many generations need to go by before we, there's going to be a, an appreciable difference? Oh, one. Okay. Yeah, it's the beginning of a civilization, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, within 20 years, when people are old enough to be either ousted from office or just step down... Mm-hmm. Um, They'll are we going to see the children it, or the grandchildren of the original characters? What are we going to see? I think grandchildren is too far because the Primus will be back before them. Yeah. Right? Okay. You kind of have to... I think the best way... And this is... By the way, if you're listening to this, I'd love to ride for you guys. But um, <laughs> You need him. <laughs> I think the most interesting place to go or to start off for the next where we come back would be to start off when the Primus comes back. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And like cat activity goes down for a while and it allows... The, but you could also the joint races of the Nexus to build up their cities, and then when the Primus comes back, they're like, "All right, let's go!" Yeah. And you've got like a reestablishment of N seven, mm-hmm. and maybe they're not N yes. seven; they're something else. <laughs> no, they got to be N seven, dude. I wore N seven <laughs> armor um, to uh, the most of the game, and I got to Padromo's wearing it and talked to somebody, and he was like, "You know, you're not N seven. You shouldn't <laughs> be wearing that." And I was like, "Duh." But it looks cool. Yeah, don't, you don't know me very well. <laughs> I was on seven for the three games before, um, so yeah. I kind of thought I could just. Careful wearing that. Excuse me. The N seven. That's not something you just put on. Might want to think about that. You have experience with the rank? I served with a couple. The people who wear N seven, they earned it. I served in the alliance too. Peacekeeping. Well. Thank you for your service. What's that mean? Not a thing. Thank you. Thank you more as Pathfinder. I didn't put this on without consideration. I need protection. It didn't seem right to alter it. Fair enough. We all understand necessity. When there's no choice. I'm not saying take it off. It was your father's, wasn't it? That'll get you a pass for most people. We stay out of people's grief. Mm-hmm. All right, so so um, yeah, guys, we 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 want more. Don't Yo. don't abandon Yo. Mass Effect Andromeda, please. Yeah, what if their shipper was rebuilt by Cerberus? Yeah, what if there are Cerberus operatives on the Nexus? Nexus, yeah. What if they cloned Shepard? Shepard and Shepard comes back. Yeah, and then yeah. Shepard has to interact with the Pathfinders. Yeah. And he's bottom of the totem pole again, and yeah. he's like the Reapers, and they're like, "No, wait, this is no, 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 we're no, no. <laughs> <laughs> We've moved past that, but oh my gosh, that would be great. Um, but I do think, like you said, mediocrity. I think mediocrity would have been overcome if they had been able to follow up with immediately with DLCs and expansions, and they didn't. And yeah. I just think people will accept that because it's all almost introductory. In, in, the, in a first game. Oh, and let's be completely honest. Mass Effect 1, we've already said, not a fantastic <laughs> game. Not a fantastic... That right. game is is, is praised, kind of, I think, a little beyond its earnings. Yes, kind of um, quaint. It's set, but it's... But it, what, what it was it does, seminal. What it does well is it sets everything up yep. really well. Right. And if nothing else, I feel like this game was like... It should have been that. This game was like, cool, now the humans have a planet because they just crashed their fucking ship on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> now the humans have a planet. Now the rest of the universe is getting fixed. Mm-hmm. The Salarian Arc, or the Turian, or the, good They Lord, found the Turians. The, the Quarian. Salarian, Quarian. Turian, Quarian, Krogan. Stop naming things with A-N. Yeah, there you go. Human, Salarian, Quarian, Krogan, Turian. 
That's all there is. That's lazy as hell. I just realized it. <laughs> and Ket. I want and Ket, but I want to see the drill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to see like Fane. Mm-hmm. And Fane's not there, but I want to yeah. see his people, the drill. Mm-hmm. I want to see the Hanar and oh, all art. All of I want to see all of the different whatever Bar Levon was. I forgot those little puffy <laughs> merchants that would sound like Darth Vader. Okay, Shepard. <laughs> Weird ass people. Oh. Um, oh, and then those, those I did Elcor, those Elcors. big ones that like yeah, that preached all the time. Feigning, no, the Elcor were the the Hainar were the floating preachers. Oh, okay. the, the preachers. Elcor were the big old like gray things that like, didn't have like emo- that didn't have emotional elocution. Mm-hmm. So they would be like feigning excitement, <laughs> yay, <laughs> <laughs> so good. So I want them back. Good. Oh my goodness. Okay. All right. So so we're pathetic. We live in the past. Uh, what? Hold on. We're pitiful. Full stop. Just, <laughs> Nothing. Been... Nothing's ever going to be as good as massive folks. No, that's not true. We've moved on. But the more we talk about it, the more we wish it would have. It would been. Oh, boy. Seeds planted and and blooming in Andromeda and, and beyond. How much I wish Anthem was just Mass Effect Andromeda too. Mm-hmm. But okay, but that's to come. <laughs> that is to come, ladies and, and gentlemen. And fun fact. <laughs> Drum roll. That was a drum roll, yeah. just in case you didn't know. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, maybe a spoiler. Nah, it's probably not a spoiler. Fun. There's a chance Anthem is in the Mass Effect universe. There's a good chance. Uh-oh. That's all I'll say. Uh-oh. Okay. Yeah. That's a good uh, tease for next time. Coming yeah. up. There's a chance that they're in the same okay. universe. Okay, so in the near future, we will be discussing Anthem. Yep. Yep. And that'll be, well, that'll be, that'll be, that'll be the end of finale, season one. Season one. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we'll we'll get you guys all caught up on our our expert opinion on that and insight. Anthem's been out for a couple of months now. Yeah. So. Am I going to spoil people's image of me if I say I've only played a couple of hours? Okay, I've only That's played okay. a few hours, three hours. I need to yeah. I need to delve into it. To, yeah, find some time to dedicate to it and mm-hmm. dive into it. Yeah. That's totally fine. I hope you forgive me. <laughs> I would hope that people don't already have... Uh, <laughs> that much anger about nah. Eh. All I right. will say this to preempt the next episode. Anthem is not Mass Effect. It's not. No. And it's not. It doesn't have the story elements that Bioware has almost always had. So I feel a little interesting about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a lot of fun. Okay. Well, I'll I'll be getting there. Yeah. So and for it. those of you who are listening to this right now, you've been playing it for yeah, a while, right. and so have we. So like, this is gonna sound strange, but. It's a very good mix of Destiny and Mass Effect, I think. Which means that it's got all the brokenness of Destiny and all the brokenness of recent Mass Effects. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not they fix it, or have fixed it in the last couple of months, yeah. we'll talk to you more about next episode. Well, and we know they've got the really strong commitment yeah. to continue to um, add, add DLCs stuff. and expansions and whatnot. So yep. that's encouraging. It is. So. It's something that you want to see, especially when they're giving the stuff out for free. Yay. Yeah. All right. So that wraps it up. We'll get back to you really soon. Hope you all have a great time playing and, uh, you know, thumbs up, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a new thumbs up. Thumbs up. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We'll yeah. catch you guys on the next episode. All right. Take care. Peace.